You are listening to the National University Podcast. Hello, I'm Kimberly King. Welcome to the National University Podcast, where we offer a holistic approach to student support, well-being, and success, the whole human education. We put passion into practice by offering accessible, achievable, higher education to lifelong learners. Today we have a fascinating conversation up ahead, and we're talking about how to become a forensic accountant. According to the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, forensic accountants combine their accounting knowledge with investigative skills in various litigation support and investigative accounting settings. Forensic accountants are employed by public accounting firms, forensic accounting divisions, by consulting firms specializing in risk consulting and forensic accounting services or by lawyers, law enforcement agencies, insurance companies, government organizations, or financial institutions. Due to a heightened awareness and growing intolerance of fraud, demand for forensic accountants is rapidly increasing. On today's episode, we're discussing how to become a forensic accountant, and joining us is Dr. Joyce Ellis. Dr. Ellis is a full-time professor at National University and currently serves as the Academic Program Director for the Master of Accounting Program. She oversees the MACC program, teaches and develops courses, including one on forensic accounting. Prior to her tenure at National, Dr. Ellis practiced in the accounting profession for over 30 years in the Los Angeles area CPA firms. She has progressed through experience into the world of forensic accounting and testifies in California Superior Court as an expert witness. She holds a bachelor's, a master's, and a PhD degree in accounting, and these days she guides her students into and through the accounting profession. And we welcome her to the podcast. Dr. Ellis, how are you? Good morning. I'm fine. (laughs) Good. It's nice to have you. What an interesting topic. Before we get to today's show, though, would you fill our audience in a little bit on your work and your mission? You're talking about the 30 years? (laughs) Yes, yes. What drives you? What is your passion? You know, people have asked me to write a book someday, and I said, you know, in my field, you have to use pseudonyms. You can't even come near, you know, hopefully somebody doesn't recognize themselves. Because you're shielded behind the attorneys, thank God. Yeah, thank goodness. But I I fell into the field when I, I'm originally from New York. Mm-hmm. When I came out here after the undergrad and was in Los Angeles, I thought, what do I really want to do? And then, of course, headhunters grab you. Mm-hmm. And one said to me, you know, do you by any way, are you interested in law? Hmm. I said, funny, you should ask, because I was toying between a master's and a law degree, because my whole life I watched Perry Mason. (laughs) I'm a diehard lawyer. I love it. Yep. So he said, will you give me 30 days of your time? I want to try something out. And he put me in Dick Fields' office. Now, Dick Fields is one of the fathers of forensic accounting in California. So, rather rough character, but if you can understand him, you're fine. So, here I am in a steel vault with Dick Fields. We didn't have computers at that time. I would run into his section after he talked to a lawyer and grab the tape, take it off the roll, and file it. 
I be I began to know forensic speak and how you deal with the attorneys, what they're looking for. And eventually, Dick says to me, now, I want you to meet an attorney for breakfast. Mm. Okay. He said, I'm going to send you out in a company that we're examining. I'm going to put you inside the company. Okay. So I went to the attorney for breakfast, explained what they were looking for, sat out inside the company for a week, and then I called the attorney and I said, I think we should meet for breakfast again. I said, read my notes, please. He looked at me and said, I think you've cracked the case. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Without really knowing it. You know what I'm saying? If you say you look at it from law, sometimes putting a novice somewhere is better than putting somebody who's trained. Yeah. Not always. I I wanted to ask you really just a basic question, be, you know, before about becoming a forensic accountant. What is forensic accounting? Our lingo to ourselves said, it's an autopsy of financial data. See, everybody thinks of autopsy. You always think of medical. Right. Well, there's forensic in other areas, psychological. Yeah. Forensic psychology. In fact, we have it, I believe, at National. So it's, it's just not a blanket. Yeah. It branches out into different things. But- uh, it says, well, what financial data? Any. You could say any financial data that comes my way. It's the approach you take to it. And in many cases, I have had to stylize the presentation of the case and take it to court on big papers. Tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, good that you're in the position that you are in because you can you know, you're teaching the next generation. What um what does this specialization cover? Well, that's just the point. Most people, if you work for a CPA, mm-hmm. like it'll have a forensic division, you're usually doing criminal law, family law, yeah, uh civil cases. But you could also go on their website as see that the FBI and the CIA are hiring. Mm-hmm. Now that would be a total different scope because if you work for the CPA and CIA, you're not necessarily independent of them. It just depends on where they're sending you. Mm-hmm. For instance, they could send you somewhere in South America through this law firm over here for money laundering. Mm-hmm. So you have to think, well, how could you be independent? Well, you have to really think it through. There's all different divisions. Mm-hmm. But usually I, I tell the people, you'll end up working the law. And that's what I love. Because I didn't go to law school. I didn't have to. But I would rather have gone to law school. And that's the fun for me that if you like the law, I, f- I found there's a lot of students that like the law and accounting mm-hmm. and they're torn because they can't afford law school and accounting. But once they find out about forensic and they find out they'll be working with attorneys, you know, and on law cases, 
Yeah. Because actually I do brief the cases myself with the attorney and I sit next to the lawyer at the table in Superior Court. Interesting. I have been known to pull his pant leg because he grabbed the wrong file from his briefcase. Oh boy. (laughs) You're paying attention. That's yes. where we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you kind of answered my next question is, is who would qualify then? What is necessary to qualify for this specialization? You said perhaps those that want to go to law school, but maybe could not afford it. But right. what, what else are you looking at? I'm looking at somebody that likes accounting. Thank but you. is creative and is out of the box. Mm-hmm. They've got to be able to get out of the box and be comfortable with it. So if truly, I don't know today if I called up a a CPA firm and said, you know, who would you take to train? They may give me a different answer, but as far as I'm concerned, they'd have to have an accounting degree. Yeah. And they're not going to get anywhere in forensic without a CPA Mm -hmm. because you're not going to go. There's a qualification. See, you can be a forensic and do the work, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're an expert witness. Expert mm-hmm. witnesses may be the same person that does the work, and they may not. It's just who depends. In fact, the pay scale is different. They have to hand me a check walking in Superior Court for me to get on the stand. Uh, That's different than what they paid me on retainer. There are two different divisions. When you walk in the courthouse, the first thing they do is review your resume. They can challenge me before I get on the stand. They w- we would challenge the opposing forensic. Okay. I wouldn't want to walk into court and not be a CPA. Mm-hmm. So I took the back way to tell you that I wouldn't take the chance. I plan, plan on getting the certificate mm-hmm. and not risk it without it. Got it. Okay. You can, talk, you can be backed up mm-hmm. in certain areas where you don't want to be. So it's like I'm rigid. I teach the master's level. Uh, you would probably be surprised at how many we've got older students mm. coming in and saying, and I talk to them on the phone, and they'll say, you know, I work so so all my life. I'm retiring. What else could I get into? I said, do you like tax? Oh, yeah. I said, well, you can clean up on tax and tax season. It's wide open. When you look at accounting today, there mm-hmm. are so many accounting jobs out there. We need a division to realize this and really focus on the students. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that is so uh, key that you can, you know, you're giving them hope for something that maybe they hadn't even thought about. So um, why should students care about this type of specialization? It's new. It's mm-hmm. not, I mean, it's not new. It's current. Mm-hmm. Relevant. I'd say it's developed in the last 20 years or so. Um, but you want to get in something where there's always going to be jobs. Right, right. Job security. I mean, if you find out who the firms are, where you live, mm-hmm. and talk to them, and they say, well, next opportunity, we're going to call you. Well, do you think that firm is going to go away? Mm-hmm. No. CPA firms are like family businesses. Mm-hmm. They don't go away, and they also have 
um, goodwill. Mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, I went out on my own. I had, you know, um, I'd worth something because of the lawyers I have. If I get five cases a year from five lawyers, that's my worth. Wow. Yes. And that's what they have to look forward to. Because in the, in the, in the accounting world, if you're with a firm, you, at some point, you have to progress enough to bring in your own clients. Mm-hmm. Lawyers do. Accountants yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does sound like it's going in a new direction. And as you said, it's, it's in the here and the now. It's relevant. And uh, boy, I, I think... They can grow. Yeah. See, they're looking for something. Uh, how do something different, grow for their families. Mm-hmm. You know, I've even lect- told them sometimes, go on and get your doctorate, for God's mm-hmm. sake, because you have some, can have summers off, take right. the kids on vacation. Yeah. You know, and if they're in their 20s, that's a, that's a great thing to do. Right. To have. So mm-hmm. if I got two going, you know, that means something to me. But um, they, our students are different. You're a different breed of cat because many, one thing about being at National when I used to go to the graduations, mm-hmm. after the graduation to see the parents coming down to meet us mm-hmm. and say, this is the first graduate in my entire family. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That means yeah. something. Right. It always did to me and the other professors. These were the people that really applied themselves. Right. They wanted it. They've earned it. Yeah. And they're proud of it. They've earned it. They've tried. And that's who I have in classes. Mm -hmm. And they'll try to put themselves down and I won't let them. Good for you. And I've even said to them, oh, I could, they say to me, oh, I could never give my CPA certificate. I said, if I did it, you can. Next excuse. (laughs) I love because it. Because I tell them, I've been where they have. Mm-hmm. I, I remember my bachelor's. I remember my master's. And my I remember going to school. And I remember the horrible CPA exam. Mm. So I walked in your shoes. Or you're going to walk in mine. Good. Ah, oh, what and a great mentor you are. I, I, I understand I have a good following. Mm-hmm. I, I also understand that my professors have a good following. Teamwork. We're like a family. Yeah. Me and the adjuncts are like a family, and you have to oh, be. Great. Yeah, and you have to be. And I think that's what I always loved about it, NU. Well, I could talk to you all day. We have to take a quick break, so stay with okay. us. Have more in just a moment. We'll be right back. And now, a national university tip on getting started. For me personally, I knew I wanted to pursue an education due to what I wanted to do in in life. But if I had to look back at somebody in my same position, I would tell them, for one, get rid of every reason why you can't go to school. Just deciding and then committing to it, the first place to start is, what do you enjoy? What do you care about? And if there's a degree that you you can translate that into, then let's go after that. If you're unsure, talk to somebody who's currently in school. If you're serving with somebody who's going to school, talk to them about it and what their experience is like. The thing is, I truly believe as far as the general education, 
It's a perfect time to develop an understanding of what you want to do. It helps you figure out what you want to do. There's always going to be room to adjust, to make changes. And so looking at anybody who was sitting in my position and they're thinking about going to school, I would tell them to go down to that college office. They can guide you and, and help you figure out what it is or ways that you can make it happen. Now back to our interview with National University's Dr. Joyce Ellis, and we're discussing how to become a forensic accountant. It's such interesting information. Doctor, how do students check out this program? They can, I encourage them to call up CPA firms where they live and ask if they have a forensic specialty or their website. Mm -hmm. CPA websites will say, we practice forensic accounting. We practice tax. They all have different areas. Mm-hmm. So do a broad search and then you can call them up and ask them if there are any openings. What were what they looking for? You know, experience. That's to me the best way to do it because you get the one on one with the firm. I also, depending, I mean, some people like corporate, like government work. So I would check out the CIA and the FBI. Okay. But it gets a door open for you mm-hmm. um, because it, the, I think the firms would be looking for what they years ago looked for with me. It's the critical thinking, the creativity, and you think out of the box. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say... I know the students that they've got, if I'll send them out. I wish I had more time, frankly, because I would do it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't have the time. But at we least don't you, have the Yeah, but you have a forum that you can at least tell them what they're looking for. And, and you're right, yeah. that creativity and, and just the knowledge. This, the firms are going to welcome the student more than a headhunter yeah, walking in the door. It's yeah. like, are we going to send out National University headhunters? No, not to the firms. No, the firms we're going to send, um, if the professor knows one of them, but they're going to appreciate the student much more. Because I tell the students, have them call me. Mm. Well, me. I'll have a conversation because I know what they're looking for. Also, I know the student. Mm-hmm. And that is something a headhunter can't get. That is so true. Yeah, you have that um that relationship. So is yeah. it, um, is this lucrative? Can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember a couple of years ago, some counselor told a student, uh, when they graduated, be, they'd be getting a six figure income. Mm-hmm. I just about went through the roof. Wow. Nobody should tell anybody what the income is going to be. Right. Right. We know in the areas, we know the range. It depends on where you live, Mm -hmm. like what you're willing to give up. Like a student that was up in the wine country. Well, he wanted to work for a CPA that did wine audits. Mm. That I would, I myself would love. Yeah. But he's going to give up about 20,000 in salary. But then the cost of living isn't the same. Right. You have to weigh what you need. Yeah. And as a family person, you have to weigh what your family needs. 
Mm -hmm. And usually the discussions I get into with um, getting their CPA license, I said, realize your wife and kids may go to the mother. Mm -hmm. You're going to make sacrifices, right? but it's for both you. And it's good. You're the voice of reason. Yeah. You you know, talk to families. Mm -hmm. They got to realize that what are they giving up? Right. Their beloved person for six months because they're delivering food, doing the dry cleaning. Mother's gone with the kids. That's what you do. That's what lawyers do. Mm -hmm. CPAs Mm -hmm. do too because of the intensity of the knowledge. So it's like it's worth giving up. Right. I think they don't realize what a CPA certificate is. Well, that's what Annette, my next question. You and you've answered it. Uh, so you, you, the question is: Is a CPA certificate is it necessary? Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean everybody may. The you there's also I tell the students they could get a certified fraud certificate out of a place in Texas, and they could do cases. And uh, I mean, some of my adjuncts are holding both. They have five certificates. Wow. We got good adjuncts. But you got a lot of people that do really care right. about the students passionately. That's what it comes down to. It's that you do care. You genuinely care. Uh, and, and my last question for you, and I know you did talk a little bit about this, especially in your own case, but are, are advanced degrees necessary? Masters, yes. Okay. Well, you know, the competition is, I yeah. said this because of the competition, because the East Coast, what, they were getting masters to get certified mm-hmm. long before the West Coast was. So if you're ever going to be in a situation of, of competition and compete with East and the Mississippi River, you're going to want it. Mm-hmm. I would say yes. Nothing to lose. Uh, and accounting is going to ch- is changing forever. There's a yeah. lot of things that are never going to be the same. You've got to keep up on it. So if you can do it, our master's isn't that expensive, and some companies pay for it. You know, but mm-hmm. I'd say if you can do it, do it. Okay, that's good advice. Is there anything else you'd like to tell prospective students about getting into forensic accounting? If you've thought about it, because I know this is is a situation, if you've ever thought about it, don't give up thinking. Mm. Accounting can be a very dry environment, and I think that many have told me they've thought about it, but they just don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And then after they take the forensic accounting course, they go, wow, (laughs) I never knew that. And then you'll get the call. So I think we have, it's not worth its own specialization, but uh, for those that join MAC that Mm -hmm. have an undergrad degree in accounting, we made special courses for, and forensic is one of them. Yeah, I think that's that's great. And again, it's just, you do, you have that relationship and it's so key. Well, great information. Thank you so much for your knowledge. Thank you for your time today, doctor. If you do want more information, you can visit National University's website, and that's nu.edu. And again, thank you for your time today. 
You've been listening to the National University Podcast. For updates on future or past guests, visit us at nu.edu. You can also follow us on social media. Thanks for listening.